I'm Christian Perez, and this is Modernity and Absurdity. So I'm here, and you know I wasn't going to let these COVID conspiracies go on without addressing them, right? You know me. This stuff has been driving me nuts in the media. And I have a list here of some conspiracy theories based on the coronavirus COVID-19 pandemic. I have not been sitting on my butt. I have been working from home during this pandemic. So that's kind of why I sat here and I said to myself, Christian, you have to put out a new episode of this podcast. But before I do that, there's a couple things I want to talk about. I was recently featured on the April 8th episode, April 8th, 2020 episode of New Jersey Revolution Radio, where I gave a sort of primer on what I'm going to be talking about today, COVID-19 conspiracy theories. I was featured on the February 17th episode of Wine, Women, and Revolution, where I gave a brief history of U.S. imperialism. Uh, That brief history turned out to be over an hour. (laughs) And anyone studying U.S. imperialism, the history of interventions, you know, on behalf or by the United States in other countries, you know that it's a long list and it will take a lot longer than 90 minutes. So I'm hoping I get invited back on that show to keep talking about that subject. Now, also related to the topic today and conspiracy theories, I was recently featured, or not, I would say, I wouldn't say recently, it was a couple months back in 2019, I believe it was recorded at the end of the year. I was on episode 49 of the Southpaw Mixed Marxist Marxist Artist podcast. I'm going to leave that there because it's hard enough to say it the first time, but it is episode 49 of the Southpaw podcast, Conspiracy Theories, Pseudosciences, God, Empire and Privilege with Christian Perez. I had a lot of fun recording that episode. I think it was a really good discussion, and I think you should check it out. So again, after listening to this podcast episode, there's three podcast episodes in addition to this one that you should check out. Two from New Jersey Revolution Radio and one from Southpaw. So there are a number of conspiracy theories revolving around COVID-19. And it's not surprising. Whenever something like this happens, the people will chatter. Uh, You're going to get a lot of speculation. Unfortunately, you're going to get a lot of conspiracy theories. So the most prominent one, or one of the most prominent ones, is this belief that the conspiracy, I'm sorry, that the coronavirus was created, or that COVID-19 in particular was created in a Chinese lab. Uh, This lie, this myth, this tidbit of fake news was actually spread by an Arkansas Republican senator, of course, by the name of Tom Cotton. And, you know, he was implying that it was engineered by the Chinese. There was a New York Post 
article or opinion piece, I wouldn't call it an article, it wasn't an article, it was definitely an opinion piece that came out a couple weeks ago, and that also implied that the virus came from the lab. And unsurprisingly, the author of this Post article was not a doctor and had previously published a book that was heavily critical of uh, Chinese foreign policy. So this was someone with an anti-Chinese agenda who published an opinion piece in the New York Post blaming the Chinese. And as I said, this person is not a doctor, and this person didn't actually present any evidence, and neither did Senator Tom Cotton. There is zero evidence that this virus was created in a lab. There are a number of articles out there that go into why that is possible. The only issue, and this is what Senator Cotton was trying to allude to, this is what the New York Post article was trying to allude to, the only issue is that there is a BSL-4 lab in Wuhan, China, biosafety lab level 4, where there are tests being done, where I'm sure that they do have strains, and I don't want to see copies, I don't know what the term is, but they do have the virus and similar viruses under lock and key in these facilities, and they are incredibly safe. And in order to get these ratings, they have to have the highest levels of security. So when Senator Tom Cotton and others claim that this was created in a lab or that uh, the Chinese created it, not only are they implying that the Chinese are these malevolent, evil people bent on world domination who want to spread the virus to unwilling, hardworking Americans. That's on one hand. On the other hand, they're saying, well, if it wasn't intentionally intentional, you have these Chinese who have the safety lab and they can't run it. So maybe the virus then slipped out. So you have these two arguments, one being that the Chinese are evil, another one that the Chinese are incompetent. And unfortunately, these prey on prejudices and uh, stereotypes about Asian people. And unfortunately, we are seeing a lot of violence against the Asian American community in the United States. So when someone like Senator Tom Cotton or in the New York Post publishes these pieces, they should be aware of the damage that they're doing, not only to our uh, relationships with countries like China, but racial strife within the United States regarding Asian Americans. And it's not just Chinese, of course. Uh, racists aren't known for their nuance. They aren't known for being articulate. They aren't known for being particularly educated. So there have been reports of non-Chinese Asians being targeted uh, by, by violence, being targeted with threats and comments and all that. And it, it's unfortunate. And these are the results of spreading misinformation, misinformation spread by uh, a lot of conservative politicians. Um, it's a shame. You know, the Chinese are a, an authoritarian state. They do have some severe totalitarian leanings. So as a state, as a government, they really can't be trusted. So uh, conservatives in this country, they play on that mistrust. They play on that fear of the Chinese government, and they get their followers to believe all kinds of uh, bigoted conspiracy theories. The Chinese had a much better response to COVID-19 than we did here in the United States. And Donald Trump and the Republican Party cannot deal with that. This has been an absolute, I'm sorry, the response to the pandemic in the United States has been a disaster. And it is a reflection on the poor job done by the Trump administration. So what they're trying to do is what they always do. They're trying to deflect. They're trying to pass the buck, pass the blame. So you have Donald Trump. He wants all the authority but he wants none of the responsibility. So that's where we're at now. It's the worst possible president at the worst possible time. So he, for about a week or two there, he was referring to COVID-19 and the coronavirus as the Chinese virus. Um, Trump, as I just said, in this grotesque attempt to cover up for his repeated failure uh, in dealing with this uh, virus, he, he's trying to make it 
about racism. So I guess he decided he would rather be seen as a bigot and a racist than an incompetent leader. He is perfectly fine calling it the Chinese virus because he knows people are going to be up in arms, as they should be. They're going to spend time criticizing the fact that he called it the Chinese virus. And he's doing that in a gamble to hope that it takes the attention off of, again, the poor job that he's doing. But for those of us that are paying attention, we knew that this would happen. Trump is a bigot. He's a demagogue. That's how he came to prominence politically. That's how he became president. He needs to blame someone else. And his followers are bigots, so they're just waiting for him to point out who they should hate. This week it'll be the Chinese. Last week it was the World Health Organization. Next week it's going to be someone else. It is never him. It is always someone else. It's always someone else's fault. You can go back his entire history. His entire history has been about misdirection and uh, deflecting the blame. But you have this guy, Donald Trump. He claims to be a wartime president. He says he's fighting a war, but he wants to leave coronavirus responses up to the states. I can't imagine any other president just passing the buck. You know, you've got Herbert Hoover, who is a terrible president, but it's unfortunate because you have this president who in his head, he wants to see himself as this great leader. But in reality, the emperor has no clothes. So he ends up just coming across as buffoonish. Now, it would be funny if the tragic reality wasn't that he were the president, that he's the president of the United States. So the damage that he's doing uh, internationally, as well as in the United States, it's going to take a long time to undo. And it's unfortunate because you had all these Trump voters who thought they were so smart. They thought they were so slick. They thought they were going to shake up the system or whatever, whatever cute little phrase they had. And there are tens of thousands of Americans dead because of their, their, their bad decision, their, their vote for someone who was incredibly unqualified to be president. This is where we're at. People always say to me, Christian, what what are the consequences of conspiracy theories? Well, if you believe in conspiracy theories about Mexicans streaming around the borders, uh, liberals and Democrats trying to, uh, you know, uh, rig elections, even though there's never been actual proof. When you buy into this stuff, it makes you easier to it makes it easier for you to believe what a crackpot like Trump is is selling. And this is the harm. This is the harm done. What is the problem with conspiracy theories? Well, now you see tens of thousands of Americans are dead because we elected a conspiracy theorist in this country, and it's unfortunate. Moving on, we see this incredibly stereotypical conspiracy theory getting flipped on its head. So while you have conservative politicians over here, white supremacists over here, blaming the Chinese, saying it's part of some plot by the Chinese to kill us, to get us sick. You have a conspiracy theory coming out of China claiming that COVID-19 was actually created by the U.S. military. So there is a Chinese diplomat. His name is, uh, I'm going I'm to butcher this poor man's name, uh, Li Jian Zhoa. And he I guess posted a quote on Twitter and it said, you know, CDC was caught on the spot. What did patient zero begin in U.S.? How many people are infected? What are the names of the hospitals? It might be U.S. Army who brought the epidemic to Wuhan. Be transparent, exclamation point. Make public your data, exclamation point. U.S. owes us an explanation. Uh, and again, this is a foreign, minist foreign ministry official from within China spreading this idea that the coronavirus was not only created by the United States, but 
asking the question, raising the question that it might have been created by the U.S. military. So unfortunately, you know, whether it's claims that it was created by the U.S. military or due to incompetence or malevolence on behalf of Chinese scientists, none of these ideas really address the issue or get to the root of the problem or even based in reality. Unfortunately, we live in a world where our political leaders believe these silly things and it leads to a breakdown in communications between countries. It leads to Americans and people abroad dying. Conspiratorial thinking has real-life consequences, and we are witnessing them in real time. Uh, there's another conspiracy theory here that I'm going to briefly gloss over, and the only reason I'm adding it is because I think it's funny. Roseanne Barr, remember her? She had the uh, you know semi-popular TV show in the 90s. She brought her TV show back a couple years ago, and then they got rid of it because she said something. I think it was something racist. It was something stupid. I really don't care. It's Roseanne. She's so irrelevant. And again, the only reason I have her here, the only reason she's relevant to this discussion is because it's so stupid I thought it was funny. So Roseanne Barr in a phone call with, uh, what's the name of the guy? Norm MacDonald. He's funny. He's he's legitimately funny. She claimed that the coronavirus or COVID-19 was actually a plot to kill baby boomers. Uh, she's just an idiot, but like other celebrities like Woody Harrelson and Amir Khan, they've promoted this nonsense that it's some kind of plot or it's some kind of conspiracy. Stop getting your news from celebrities. They may be good actors, they may be funny comedians, they may be good singers, they may be great athletes, but take a take with a grain of salt their political opinions, especially if they're not formally educated, especially if it goes against the mainstream. If someone says something that's against the mainstream, that's when you take out the magnifying glass and you have to analyze what they're saying. Because someone might be saying something that they think is anti-establishment or revolutionary or deep, and oftentimes that's not really the case, and it's unfortunate. And this is the case with someone like Roseanne Barr. In my conspiracy theory lecture, I reference some silly celebrities who spread conspiracy theories, and one is the rapper Bob, or B.O.B., I think it's B.O.B., who used to believe that the Earth was flat. I don't know why people are getting their political news or their science information from musicians and athletes and actors. If you want answers to these questions, go to the source, talk to the scientists, talk to the journals, journalists, take a political science class. I know it sounds crazy and I know it sounds risky, but it might just help you out. Now, the mother load of the coronavirus conspiracy theories, and one that I was kind of blowing off at first, I didn't realize how many people believe this particular idea, and I wasn't sure of how much it had spread. And as I'm going to say in a moment, this one hit a little close to home. But there is a conspiracy theory out there that 5G cell phone towers are actually the cause of COVID-19. And there are six main coronavirus conspiracy theories that revolve around the 5G cell phone towers. One is that 5G is somehow dangerous or that it worsens the effects of coronavirus by weakening your immune system, that 5G outright causes coronavirus-like symptoms, like you're sitting next to a tower and you will get whatever the symptoms are of the coronavirus, the flu-like symptoms that the coronavirus lockdown is being used as a cover to install 5G networks. So cell phone companies uh, paid off the government to spread 
a lie about a pandemic. So all those people dying around the world aren't true so that they could put up these cell phone towers that are either going to cause the symptoms or the sickness that they already said was here. I, I don't know. These conspiracy theories don't make sense. Oh, here's a good one that Bill Gates had something to do with it. And we're going to Bill Gates is going to come back to this. Bill Gates is or has in the past couple weeks turned into the new George Soros. So we're going to come back to Bill Gates. And that finally, of course, that this is all an Illuminati mass murder plot. So the Illuminati, the group that is in control of the world, supposedly doesn't already have total control. So they want tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of human beings to die as a result of the coronavirus so that they can better control the population that they are already in control of. So again, more pedantry, not actual academic pursuit, no actual critical thinking put into this. There are memes circulating and they are condescending, but in instances like this, I really don't care. And they kind of have the same vein, this idea that you have people from high school, people from earlier in your life. I, I saw one meme and I'm paraphrasing. It was, you know, all the people who got 35s on their science tests in high school and middle school are spreading coronavirus conspiracy theories. Should I trust the journalists, the scholars, and of course the scientists, or should I judge the, or should I um, believe the clowns that I went to middle school with? I'm going to go with the scientists. Unfortunately, critical thinking isn't isn't something that all Americans possess anymore. And that's where we're at. At least 20 mobile phone towers across the United Kingdom have been attacked and have been torched, vandalized. Uh, and this is as of, as of a couple weeks ago, as of as about two or three weeks ago, 20 mobile phone towers had been torn down. So whether it is 5G cell phone towers or whether it is the original wireless radio. So radios like back in the day when they first came out with radio, there were conspiracy theories about radios, that they were going to make people sick, that radio waves were going to get everyone sick and cause all kinds of problems. There's artwork from the 19th century that shows uh, radio wires, telephone wires, ensnaring people like spider webs. I don't know what that's supposed to mean. The same way there's this this long fear and this long history of fear about vaccines, it's the same idea. It's rooted in 19th century ignorance. But what really made me seem to roll my eyes a couple weeks ago, coming from the great state of New Jersey, I was reading an article from a newspaper called The Trentonian. And apparently the Trenton City Council got a letter from a concerned citizen who was a conspiracy theorist who claimed that there was some kind of connection between 5G cell phone towers and the coronavirus or whatever, some type of sickness. So there were actual members of the Trenton City Council that voted and passed a resolution that didn't allow 5G cell phone towers in the state capital of New Jersey. So this is where we're at, unfortunately. You have public officials from the president to Chinese foreign diplomats to our own state city council in the great state of New Jersey believing these conspiracy theories. And unfortunately, uh, this is a big time problem. If you have people in power believing things that aren't true, they will then spread that misinformation through the power of their platform. This is a serious problem. Our leaders need to be informed and our leaders need to be honest. And when they are not either of those, our society as a whole suffers. Moving along, 
I'm just going to touch briefly on the anti-vaxxers. For a minute there, I thought that they went away. I noticed for a minute there that there was a slight downtick in where I usually get information from anti-vax conspiracy theories, which isn't to say that they weren't running around. These people are like cockroaches. They'll never go away. You turn on the lights, they'll scatter. You expose them, they scatter. You'll never be able to stomp them all out. So for a minute there, I was like, all right, the anti-vaxxers seem to be silent. But unfortunately, they they, they really weren't silent and they, they, they just kind of hid. But they have started to creep out of the woodwork and it's the same old song and dance with them. Uh, this is just a plot to force vaccinations on people. It's the same nonsense. I've already seen memes where anti-vaxxers compare themselves to civil rights activists. It, it, it's, it's, it always kind of gets to me when you see these white anti-vaxxers or these white, quote-unquote, you know, these right-wing white supremacist, quote-unquote, patriots who all want to talk about freedom. They, they, they want to talk about... Uh, how they're heroes, and they always want to compare themselves to civil rights activists. Now, we have actual civil rights activists today in organizations like the ACLU, Black Lives Matter, and they hate those people. They hate actual civil rights activists, while at the same time comparing themselves to historical civil rights activists. There are people who really compare themselves to Rosa Parks and Martin Luther King, and all there are or all they're doing is showing everyone how ignorant they are. But it's the same old nonsense with the anti-vaxxers. This is all a plot to force vaccinations on people. And once everyone's vaccinated, I don't know what happens after that. That's that's the end of it. The, the horror is that everyone's vaccinated. And for me, I really don't see a problem with that. We want to vaccinate as many people as possible. And those that have problems with vaccines, they're the ones that depend on the rest of us having that vaccination. And if you really sit there and try to talk to these people, try to understand their memes, you're going to end up pulling your hair out, especially if you're trying to do so and you have like a social justice lens or an anti-capitalist lens or any type of viewpoint that really questions power or has a kind of respect for science and, and education, you're going to end up pulling your hair out. And it's unfortunate. This next case is a shout out to Brian from New Jersey Revolution Radio because I hadn't heard about this and he, he reached out to me. He started blowing up my phone with messages. And this is the story of a man by the name of Eduardo Moreno. Do you know who Eduardo Moreno is? Is it ringing a bell? Maybe because the news cycle moves so fast. But he was famous a couple weeks ago. So around 1 p.m. a couple weeks ago, uh, Tuesday, and I'm losing the date here, uh, this guy, Eduardo Moreno, he was a train engineer. He was the conductor. Was it, Who's the guy that drives the train? It's the engineer. Uh, he was in a train, and he ran the train at full speed off of the tracks to try and run into a, a Navy medical boat. It was the USS Mercy. It was 250 yards away. So this guy was on a train and sped up the train so fast that he tried to run into a boat two and a half football fields away. This man was obviously mentally ill because that plan was never going to make a, make sense. You're not going to get a train to go 250 yards and then, you know, through blacktop and then do enough damage to hit a boat that's a massive boat that's docked. So it was a crazy idea based on a crazy conspiracy theory. So again, what is the problem with conspiracy theories? Well, if you have someone like this Eduardo Moreno guy, whose quote was, who, who I'm sorry, the FBI agent stated that he, quote, did it to get the did it out of the desire to get people to wake up. So you have people with mental illness, and there are all kinds of people with mental illness out there. The problem is 
events like this, like a coronavirus pandemic, it unfortunately tends to pull these types out of the woodwork. So this man, Eduardo Moreno, was probably dealing with problems for a long time. And there was something about this pandemic that set him over the edge. Uh, just, it's not funny. The instance is not funny. This is all sad and it's tragic. But in Brian's defense, and in my defense, the image of some maniac is kind of cartoonish. This This maniac driving this train high speed across tracks because he wants to skid it across blacktop and ram it into a massive Navy medical ship because he thinks the government is hiding some kind of secret. I don't know what secret that is. And honestly, I don't think we're ever going to find out. So now we kind of have to take a turn. And I'm not gloating here. I'm not even happy about this. I think this is another sad result of misinformation and backward anti-science thinking. There are a number of bad religious leaders in this country who have been clamoring to reopen their churches in the face of the pandemic. These are religious leaders who have chosen arrogance, ego, pride, and yes, money, over the health and well-being of their congregations. So I'm going to read over a couple points here. There was a lawyer. Oh, I'm starting off here. This guy's not even a preacher. There's a lawyer. There was a lawyer. He was 59 years old by the name of Jeff Wittenbrick. He was a lawyer for the Life Tabernacle Church, who on two occasions was hospitalized with COVID-19. He was putting together, helping to put together, a legal defense of the church and its pastor, um, on anticipated charges of defying Louisiana's social distancing order and its ban on large gatherings. This man devoted himself professionally to putting other human beings in danger during this pandemic. And now he's dead. He's dead as a result of his own arrogance and his ignorance. And it's a shame. I think that that's the biggest problem in the United States. It's pride white privilege. There's this arrogance in this country, this undeserved arrogance. And unfortunately, the real world butts up against that arrogance and people get swallowed up by it. Every day, millions of conservative Americans get chewed up by the system. They get lied to by their religious leaders. They get lied to by their bosses. They get lied to by their political leaders. And they consistently put themselves in harm's way. And unfortunately, a lot of them end up sick or dying. There's a bishop, or there was a bishop again, by the name of Gerald Glenn, and he founded the New Deliverance Evangelistic Church in Chesterfield, outside Richmond, Virginia. And he died Saturday, or a couple weeks ago. Another guy who, in defiance of the stay-at-home order, tried to go out and meet his parishioners. I don't know why he wouldn't want to set up Zoom or call his parishioners, his congregants, these men chose ego, they chose arrogance, and they died for it. I'm an atheist. I don't believe in God, magic, fairies, goblins, angels, demons, any of this stuff. We need to respect what the scientists are saying. And when they say stay home, when a doctor says stay home, you need to stay home. I don't care about your faith. I don't care about whatever magic you believe in. It isn't real. And unfortunately, we need to come to terms with that. 
And I'm thinking of putting together an episode on all the masks that got pulled off in 2020. One is the mask held by religious leaders. They claim to have answers. And we see during this pandemic, religious leaders have no answers. And unfortunately, across denominations, we see a number of them getting in the way of the recovery effort. And it's unfortunate that these people would put arrogance and ego ahead of the public safety. <sighs> that sigh was intentional. It's heartbreaking when we hear about all these people dying. And there's one last tidbit I'm going to leave you about these religious groups not really doing well from the coronavirus. There is a black church. It's called the Church of God in Christ. Now, I don't mean one church. I mean a system of churches. So it's a denomination. The Church of God in Christ, the country's biggest African-American Pentecostal denomination, uh, was hit with reports of at least a dozen to up to 30 bishops and prominent clergy dying of COVID-19. Up to 30 bishops and prominent clergy dying as a result of, result of the coronavirus. So not all of them were disrespecting the stay-at-home order. I'm not going to make a blanket statement like that. I'm sure some of them were respecting it. And I was talking with my wife. Unfortunately, there are public fi figures who, in an instance like this, seem to be more in harm's way than the rest of us. But we've known about this coronavirus for months. They've been warning us for months about this virus. All these institutions should have prepared. They should have seen it coming. But again, they chose arrogance and they chose ignorance over scientific fact. Wash your hands, cover your face, and social distance. Unfortunately, some Americans don't understand that and they're paying the price. And as a result, this is a democracy. They're going to pull us down with them. That's the problem in a democracy. We're not on a deserted island by ourselves doing what we want to do in a vacuum. No, we're all in this together. We are all in this together. When a large enough percentage of us makes a bad enough decision, it's going to impact all of us. Everyone that knows me knows that I have a number of criticisms with, I don't even want to say organized religion, just all religion magical thinking, superstition, all that stuff. I put God and Jesus in the same category as trolls and leprechauns, not real, figments of people's imagination, mythology, and folklore. I have been criticized my entire adult life and longer for being cynical towards religion, and Christianity in particular, because of course this is the United States. But this is the problem again with organized religion. And I'm going to keep hitting this home. When scientific ignorance, superstition, anti-LGBT thinking, when these things enter the mainstream, when policy reflects these backwards ideas, it's because for tens of millions of Americans, these same bad ideas have piggybacked on previously held prejudices put in place by religion. You want your justification for being a homophobe? You want your justification for being hostile towards immigrants? You want your justification for being hostile towards non-Christians or black people or whoever? You want your justification to be hostile towards scientific disciplines like biology and geology? All you have to do is go to the Bible. Earlier, I alluded to Bill Gates. Now, I'm not the biggest fan of Bill Gates. 
I'm very critical of his business practices and of the practices of the Gates Foundation. I think he did a lot of damage to public education, and I think he needs to be held accountable. But it seems that the far right and other conspiracy theorists have turned him into the new George Soros. On March 18th, Gates gave a Reddit talk, and this was his quote. He said, Eventually, we will have some digital certificates to show who has recovered or been tested recently, or when we have a vaccine who has received it. That's it. That's the quote he made. And then the next day, he was attacked by conspiracy theories, far right, conservatives, and so on and so forth, claiming that he wanted to implant people with microchips. David Icke, the prominent conspiracy theorist, the guy who came out with the reptilian conspiracy theory, he's been pushing this idea that Bill Gates wants to implant people with microchips. He's claiming that COVID-19, the pandemic, and the quarantine response to it will be used as a Trojan horse to justify implanting people with microchips so that they can track them. This is how conspiracy theories grow. You take a person like Bill Gates, who's incredibly powerful, who is shady, who doesn't have a perfect record, who has done damage on a societal scale, who does owe his great wealth to exploitation, says something that is taken out of context by a conspiracy theorist. That lie, that, that, that comment that was taken out of context is then spread out through a number of different channels, and it's nothing but nonsense, and people believe it. A video that was promoting this belief was viewed almost 2 million times on YouTube, and it was shared about 13,000 times on Facebook. It will take a lot of work to undo the damage of conspiracy theories. And when you have a president like Donald Trump, when you have billionaire quote-unquote philanthropists like Bill Gates going all over the world doing damage, this is the result. Our broken democracy is a result. Our uneven economic system is a result. The widespread misinformation and mistrust of educators and scientists all of this is the result of conspiratorial thinking and misinformation. One of the problems of having a clown like Donald Trump in charge during this pandemic is the fact that he's going to totally screw up the response, and that's all he's done. He has been a constant disappointment since day one. Since the day he walked into the White House, this man has been a complete and abysmal failure. So what do we see now? What has Donald Trump brought us? What is Donald Trump's contribution to American political history? It's not that he hasn't made any contributions. He's made a lot of contributions. The problem is, is that none of them are any good. He communicates like an idiot. He talks like a sixth grader. He tweets like a buffoon. And unfortunately, we have all kinds of people who are mirroring that now. You have his failed response to the coronavirus. So what does he do? Rather than try to get businesses on board, rather than use his presidential powers to get businesses to create PPE and ways to combat the virus, he leaves it up to the states or he just lets the businesses tell him yes or no, they may or may not be helping. He has been totally useless. But one thing he has been good at has been not only has he screwed up the response in this country? He is screwing up the responses in other countries. So what has he done? He's muscling out other countries when they're trying to buy uh, PPE and ventilators. He'll show up. He'll have planes rerouted. American government has had planes rerouted full of 
ventilators and all kinds of protective equipment. He has already gotten the go-ahead from a lot of his supporters to screw over other countries. He's blocked some exports to Canada and to China. We, interesting, are getting imports from all kinds of countries. I saw that we got some PPP from from Vietnam. For those of you that don't know what PPE is, it's personal protection equipment or personal protective equipment. But we got some from Vietnam of all places. So communist countries are giving medical supplies to the United States because we're a developing country that doesn't have the ability to fight this virus. Bolsonaro, the lapdog of Donald Trump, the buffoon that's currently embarrassing Brazil on a daily basis, even he has come out and criticized Trump for getting in the way of Brazil's uh, coronavirus response. Donald Trump is like this weird reverse King Midas, where instead of improving everything he touches, Everything he sticks his finger in is destroyed. So he becomes president. This country immediately gets screwed up. There's some kind of coronavirus response. He does everything he can to screw it up. It's, it's an embarrassment. I keep saying it. The man is an embarrassment. And what we are seeing now are the glimpses of ecofascism. This is the blueprint for ecofascism. So as you see poor people, people of color on the front lines of the coronavirus, fighting the coronavirus, the, you see massive percentages of African-Americans in the inner city getting the coronavirus, the sloppy response to the problem. All this is the blueprint for how our government is most likely going to respond to climate change. We're going to be muscling out other countries. Poor people in this country, in particular people of color, are going to be kept out of the response, kept out of the recovery while being on the front lines. You'll get the obnoxious finger waving. That was a goodie. I saw that a couple weeks ago. Once it was shown that a lot of African-Americans were dying from the virus, the tone became, well, stay out of the liquor stores. Well, you know, it's racist to think that African-Americans are just going to the liquor stores. And unfortunately, you had that goofy, what, what is he, the Surgeon General, Trump Surgeon General, who happened to be a black man, who just looks like an idiot on TV, who is trying to finger wave and shame black people on TV. This man is another one of the goofs that Trump has, has trotted out in front of the country to show how incapable he is of doing his job. Ecofascism, people. This is the blueprint. In Hungary, their right-wing president, a guy by the name of Orban, he passed a rule, or he he um, the parliament in Hungary passed a law that'll allow Orban's government to rule by decree without oversight. So, unfortunately, you see conservatives responding in the worst possible way to this coronavirus. They're slow to get us testing supplies. They are quick to blame allies and organizations like the World Health Organization that are trying to fight this effort. You had Trump accusing nurses of stealing supplies. Trump not not really seeming to know what the uh, the National Reserves of Equipment are for. Just the worst possible people. You see them trying to get people back to work because uh, they're in harm's way because the billionaires are losing their profits. But, you know, that'll be another episode. I think I'm going to work in one on the right-wing response and how conservatives are responding to the coronavirus. Uh, but unfortunately, we see the blueprint for ecofascism. We see how conservatives are responding. It's always about taking people's rights away, giving more money to businesses, giving more money to the military. Ruth Chris Steakhouse got $20 million as part of, a, as part of the coronavirus stimulus. All these multi-million dollar and multi-billion dollar organizations got all this money and everyday people are struggling to survive. And then you see the indifference on behalf of the president, the Republican Party, and their trog troglodytes on the, uh, on the ground. <sighs> it's really disheartening when you think about it.
so there's a couple more notes that I want to go over before I wrap this up today. But I do want to hit this home. Again, we have another instance where conspiracy theorists are getting in the way of addressing actual issues. While we waste time addressing their childlike concerns, being afraid of government overreach or whatever these people are afraid of today, we have to waste time and energy explaining why 5G towers don't cause the virus. We see a surge in COVID-19 cases hitting the black community hardest, of course, followed by Latinos. Uh, in cities like Milwaukee and Chicago, black, blacks make up a minority of the population, but a majority of the cases. That's such a, big, uh, such a big story, a much bigger story, and it calls into question the systemic inequalities of this country. Uh, you have people that are in the inner cities today as a direct result of redlining in the past. And unfortunately, one of the things that frustrates me is conservatives don't even know what redlining is, and there's a good number of liberals who don't even know what redlining is. But unfortunately, you have politicians that supported these racist policies in the past, and people want to know what's the harm. Well, if you were unable in the past to get out of the inner city one or two generations ago, that has increased your chances of getting the coronavirus today. African Americans, Latinos, non-WASPs were kept out of suburbia, people of color more so than not people of color, and they were, as a result, kept in the cities, which has kept them poor, has kept them weak, and unfortunately has made them more susceptible to the coronavirus. Uh, the news will never talk about this. So unfortunately, you have to come to channels like mine. You have to go to alternative media to get people even talking about this. And on top of that, there is a history of mistrust towards the United States government, towards the medical establishment on behalf of African-Americans. And that's not because there's no reason for it. African-Americans have historically and systematically had to bear the brunt of oppression and tyranny in this country, medical experiments, police brutality, mistrust of government, Tuskegee experiments, just specifically infecting and targeting and using black people as test subjects for white people. So you have government oppression, government neglect, government abuse, which has unfortunately led to conspiratorial thinking. You can be anti-establishment, you can be anti-authority, but there's proper ways to do it. Unfortunately, no one is perfect in the African-American community and the black community at large. There are a lot of people that buy into these conspiracy theories. And unfortunately, a lot of them are anti-vaxxers. So as the coronavirus continues to be an issue, we're hoping that next year there will be a vaccine developed there are going to be a lot of people that are going to be hesitant to get that vaccine. Now, if you are some trashy right-wing conspiracy theorist, I really don't care if you don't take the vaccine. You're going to infect yourself. You're going to infect your family. And at that point, if I have the vaccine and the people I care about do, whatever. But African-American people, Latinos, poor people, these communities that have historically been you know, on the receiving end of, of a lot of government violence— I shudder to think what's going to happen when the government responds with a solution and these people don't trust it. When the government comes forth with a vaccine, when scientists come forth with a vaccine, I'm scared because due to conspiratorial thinking, with good cause, people are going to reject it.
one of the elephants in the room that a lot of pundits didn't want to address, or at least address truthfully, was the fact that Donald Trump's approval ratings seemed to go up a little while ago. Why is that? Why were liberals freaking out about it? And why, why is it something that we really shouldn't be too concerned about? Well, the reality is support for Trump is like people trying to survive a shipwreck. Now, imagine you're in a shipwreck during a storm at sea. Water's all over the place. Uh, the current is strong. People are screaming. There's damage. Uh, there's a storm raging. There's debris going all over the place. During a storm, during a shipwreck, what are you going to do? You're going to grab onto the first stable thing you can. If it's another person, if it's a piece of the ship, if it's a floating piece of wood, you're going to grab onto that. And that's what happens. People are in crisis mode. People are terrified. We have a media that failed to cover the problem with the virus. We have a political system that failed to deal with uh, the virus. So unfortunately, people are terrified. And in times like this, in times of crises, these are what's called rallying events in political science. You have an event, it scares people, it shocks them to unite around a particular leader. Unfortunately, that leader now is Donald Trump. George W. Bush was an idiot and an embarrassment, but he was 10 times the leader that Donald Trump is. And although George W. Bush sat there for like an 10 minutes like an idiot after reading My Pet Goat, and he responded like a clown. He was more of a leader than Donald Trump, and he had a much better eloquent and non-racist response to the attack than Donald Trump has to this non-attack. But again, the same way people coalesced around George W. Bush, people are going to do so with Donald Trump. It's, it's a spike. It's not going to last long. People are going to leave him. The problem is you have these liberals that decided that they wanted Joe Biden to be the nominee for president. And he's so oatmeal that he probably will lose this easily winnable election for the second time. People like George W. Bush, people like the first Bush, people like Ronald Reagan, Donald Trump, these people are not hard to beat. These are very easy politicians to beat. The problem is Democrats are so spineless that they keep losing these easy elections. Donald Trump is not hard to beat. None of the past gaggle of Republican presidents were hard to beat. But the problem is Democrats run people that are also so corrupt and so phony that they get exposed and they're not believable. Why would you vote for the fake Republican and the Democrat when you can get the real Republican? John Kerry was weak. Hillary Clinton was weak. Joe Biden is weak. And unfortunately, they keep losing these easily winnable elections. And this isn't the past. Donald Trump is really using white supremacists, Nazis, as violent foot soldiers. And when the Democratic response is to put a groper like Joe Biden to face him, it's a serious problem. Liberals, unfortunately, are enablers. Liberals are just as much a part of the problem as conservatives. And the Democrats are going to lose this election and they're going to blame the left instead of blaming themselves. You heard it here first. Wrapping up, I want to tell everyone to just save their thanks. Save the clapping, save the commercials, save the poster boards and the feel-good nonsense. 
Save all of it. Just pay people. Pay your teachers, pay your nurses, pay your doctors, pay your emergency workers, pay your cashiers, pay your truck drivers, pay your farmers, pay your transit workers, pay your public works, pay your phone company workers, pay the water company, pay everyone, pay delivery people. Give all of these people money. Stop with the commercials, stop with the nonsense, and stop with the societal societal equivalent of a pizza party. People don't want that. People want health care. They want they want raises to their wages. They want protections on the job. For people of color, poor people, working people, as I said, this is going to be the response to climate change. This is ex- exactly how the U.S. will deal with that crisis. You have people on the front lines, people of color dying disproportionately, and you have a political structure and an economic system that just wants to applaud. So, if you've been watching TV over the past couple weeks, you've seen commercials change. A lot of them just revolve around the virus and how life is affected by it and how hopefully we can get back to normal afterwards. Christian Perez is not in the go back to normal train. I'm not in that group. I don't want to go back to normal. Right? You can't go back to disrespecting teachers anymore. You can't go back to acting like keeping kids in line is easy. All these parents that are absolutely failing at homeschool, it's an embarrassment. You have these kids and you can't even educate them. It's, it's a shame. It's a shame. And I know work is getting in the way for a lot of people, but a lot of these people are the same ones that want to turn around and blow off teachers and act like it's easy. And now they see it's not, it's not as easy as they thought. As I said, I'm always on the side of teachers. Teachers are the backbone of this country and we see how serious they are. We see how, how necessary they are. All these people, the first responders, the nurses, truck drivers, pay all these people more. Migrant farmers, pay them more. Nurses, pay them more. Teachers and teachers' aides, pay them more. Cut the crap. All these corporate, corporate welfare handouts and bonuses. We know who the people are in this country who are doing the work. And the hard part moving forward is going to be organizing people. Because when the best we can do is put Joe Biden to face Donald Trump, we've got a larger hill than we think. And unfortunately, as I said, I think that the Democrats are going to screw this one up again. But I think I'm going to wrap it up there. I'm sure you're tired of listening at this point. I'll be coming back with some more very soon. I promise. Coronavirus is causing all kinds of issues, all kinds of problems that are going to need to be addressed. And I think that I'm going to have to do that, whether it's the rise in right-wing violence or just the right-wing response to this virus in general the absolute failure of American society in dealing with this pandemic, all the masks are off in 2020. Religious leaders, political leaders, the economic system, white privilege, exceptionalism, American exceptionalism, all the nonsense, the bootlicking, the quote-unquote Protestant ethic that was supposed to pass for some kind of motto or spirit for this country, all of that has failed. The worship of business businesses, the worship of billionaires, the worship of goofy political leaders like Donald Trump, the masks have been pulled off. When they want people to get back to work, you see exactly who these people are. But I think I'm going to leave it there. That's enough ranting for one day. As always, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. I even think we have an Instagram page. Check us out. Thank you for coming. And take care of yourselves out there. Bye-bye. This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back.
story ends.